When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, what's happening out there, everybody? This is Brian House here for the Work For It podcast. Every single week, we bring you audio commentary right here on the Makery Network. If you're not familiar with the Makery Network, uh, the uh, there are a whole lot of makers joining up the Makery Network to bring you great audio content for your workshop, your commute, and your studios. So go out to makery.network and check out all the other podcasts that are available. Who do I have in the studio with me today? Who? I'm here. Oh, so you're here. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Sarah. And who else do I have in the studio? Um. <laughs> this is what happens when you change up an intro without telling anybody. <laughs> yeah. What the? What the? Hey, I'm Fudge, trying to mix bud. it up. I am what keeping it fuck? positive, this and I'm mixing it up. This is the lovely and talented Sarah, along with Brian's main man, Mister Trent Hill. Oh yes. Howdy, Love folks. It. There he is. I like That's it. That's how you usually do it, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what well, if you're not familiar with the Work for It podcast? We talk about the work that we do in our not only our daily lives, but also in our workshops and our studios, uh, and then also uh, what you know building business looks like, and also what uh, you know what current projects we have going on and basically just goofball uh, weirdness from time to time and whatever else we can slam in there like uh you know a good trip to sam's club or maybe a bidet or you know so. <laughs> <laughs> i got sarah with that one <laughs> uh but uh anyway so we appreciate you listening listening in and uh let's do this i mean i want to find out what what is going on in both of your worlds uh, I sort of know a little bit about, you know, I talk to you guys off this microphone from time to time. Uh, but uh, but well, Mr. I Trent, why don't we start with you? I was going to say, I certainly hope you know Sarah better than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. I do. I think I do. Oh, God. You know, I saw a meme the other day, and it's so true. 2020 has been the worst decade of my life. <laughs> the worst decade? Yeah. That's funny. So far this year it's felt like yeah, it has felt this, like ten years. Yeah, this this 
this year has just been a uh, shit show and you know i've had all kinds of different stuff going on that everybody's gotten to hear and brian has heard about and knows about but i had my uh my shittiest hot take the other day so as some people have seen on my instagram i posted where i had pulled down the soffit because i knew that there was rot behind the the fascia and the soffit and uh yeah so i'm 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 on my scaffolding. It's stacked up. Uh, not really getting too much activity out of anything while I'm pulling the fascia trim off, and then I go and I have to remove the furring strips so I can get the uh, the soffit panel off. And after I get the soffit panel off, there's nothing really going on. I'm looking around, and the next thing I know. I am completely swarmed by wasps. They're going straight for my face and my neck. And I I literally barely caught myself with the uh, stepping off the scaffold. So I ducked. That's not funny, Brian. What? What and, are you talking uh, about? What, what do you mean? And uh, I ducked my chin into my chest and threw my arms over my head until they dissipated enough and the the, the wife was right there like a trooper Brian that's not funny <laughs> am I triggering uh, you yes you are triggering me I, I'm Such getting to that jerk. so anyways the, the wife the wife is running the the leaf blower and she's like you know Wait a minute. So she is. She's. Does she have the leaf blower because she's defending you against yes, these? She's, oh she's my god! Blowing them off course. This is and, an amazing uh, visual. This yeah. is an amazing visual. I can only imagine Mel standing there like a Ghostbuster. She's yep. got her her exactly. leaf blower just yep. defending you against these winged assholes. I'm, yes. I've got more of like an Ellen Ripley in Aliens with the ah, yeah, flamethrower. Flamethrower. Flame yeah. yeah. I, I will take either one, but yeah. So she actually got them off of me and I have, I you know, I've, I've had stress, I get a little anxious and all that stuff. I have never had a full-blown panic attack before, and I can tell you right now, that shit sucks. I it was Do you stuff. think it was an actual panic attack or oh, was yeah. it like Yeah, yeah. it was it, like my stress, like I've I I've, I've developed kind of a phobia. Like I'm not really I'm not scared of them. What I'm scared of is the sudden burning sensation that comes out of nowhere when they right. attack me and all of a sudden you know i've got a welt that and it, and it does it feels like a chemical burn it gets hot it swells up it's just deeply uh uncomfortable but my main concern is because my grandfather was allergic to bees and wasps so he ah. actually developed anaphylactic um uh reaction so he always had to carry an EpiPen and I've been stung over a dozen times in the last two or three weeks. And my wife was really concerned about me, uh, developing a reaction. So anyways, yeah, I had a, I had a full blown panic attack. The, my fucking chest was tight. I couldn't breathe. My heart rate was just racing, uh, had kind of like, uh, like an instant headache slash, like narrowing of my vision so it was like 
kind of tunnel vision. It was yeah. just a really, really uncomfortable feeling. And so the wife, uh, we we have some dogs that are a little reactive. Um, and so we, we have uh, calming chews and CBD oil for them. And uh, so she went and got me the CBD oil for the dog, and I took some. And it, it took about 20 minutes, but when it finally kicked in, like all that, all that, uh, just ugly body feeling from the panic attack just fell off. So it was just more of like the regular stress and not like the actual, uh, physiological response. Yeah. Histamine is a, uh, is a hell of a drug. And, um, <clears throat> I don't know. Did I ever tell a story about how I uh, used to rescue bees? Yes. You told me you need to share this with the audience. Yeah, so um, I, I don't know if I don't believe I ever told it on the podcast, but you know, for those of you who would like to hear it, I'll, I'll just go ahead and give you the cliff notes. But um, years ago, I was really interested in um, in, in keeping bees, so I started doing that. And um, down in Florida, it's like tough to try to find a place where you can just like purchase bees. So uh, I just put something out on the internet on Facebook, and I said, you know, hey, I would like to. Uh, you know, collect some bees. So if anybody knows of any bees, uh, just uh, give me a shout. And uh, I think it didn't take but two days. And someone said, yeah, I've got a hive growing on the side of my house and blah, blah, blah. So I, I go over there and, um, you know, get my bee suit on. Actually, my dad came with me uh, on that one. And uh, we pulled down a hive. And that was my first um, a set of bees that I got. And then somehow my name got released. You know, a bunch of people were like, oh yeah, you should talk to Brian about getting rid of them bees. And a friend of mine called me and said that she had had a house and it was actually on CNN. CNN had come and done a spot on her and this house that uh, is now torn down because it had been infested with bees. I mean, it was an A-frame style house and you can imagine it's in the subtropics. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, you know, a, a, a great spot for bees to live. And she calls me over and in probably five spots on the house, you could see bees coming and going. So you knew that there was more than one hive in this house. Uh, I go up to her closet and uh, where she thinks there's bees and there are because there's like honey dripping down the wall. So you know what an A-frame style house is, oh, right? It's God, like yes. basically a big triangle. Um, oh, in order to that's get like to some poltergeist bees. shit dude oh oh yeah it it's like <laughs> oozing down the wall right so i uh i tell her like hey you know we're gonna have to you know cut into this wall and whatever and she's like it's in the closet it's no big deal just go ahead and cut into the wall so i get my bee suit on i get uh, uh my uh, smoker ready and you know i put down a tarp i do my whole thing i cut into the wall and I'm like right on top of the hive. A lot of people don't realize this, but bees make heat when they're, when they have a hive. So you can kind of feel the wall and feel the, the, you know, the temperature change. That's how I knew where it was. Sarah, you look like you're going to ask me something. Don't you feel like you should call it an anti bee suit? Uh, anti bee and not, suit. And not a bee suit. I don't know. I guess they do call it a bee suit. I'm not, I'm not really sure why they call it that other than that you wear it when you're working with bees. Mostly because you're trying to keep those bastards out. Yeah, it's like a bee force field. It's really like an anti-bee suit. If and it really doesn't it. do a whole lot, especially when you're dealing with... Um, <laughs> that well, many? I'll, yeah, let me, get, let me tell you what I discovered. So they just get in, right? Mm, they don't get in, but they get through. Oh. Yeah, so in, in this case, 
because I I was re- when she requested that I get this hive um, th- where I cut into her closet because it was an A-frame style house. Um, I'm on my hands and knees, and um, so you can imagine I put you know I, I basically cut a hole in the wall. I'm on my hands and knees, and the wall is kind of coming up and over my head because it's you know it's yeah. a cantilevered wall yep, basically because yep. it's an A-frame style house, and uh, and when I opened the the wall up. It's just nothing but hive. I mean, you you cannot see board or anything. You you just see honeybees and yep. you see wax and yep. all the hive and the comb. Um, and and bees are uh, they're they're a very interesting insect or animal or whatever. They they are they understand certain commands from each other. So like if um, they're, they're a honeybee will only sting for two reasons. One, if its own life is threatened. And if the hive is threatened. So the minute you open that wall, you have a very small window of time to let them know that you're a friend. And that's why you have the smoke smoke. It calms the bees. Basically, it just it just diffuses those hormones that they send out. So like, you you know, you pop the wall open and you blow a little smoke in there. It kind of uh, covers the smell of the hormones and keeps the bees calm. You know, they they do their thing. So what I didn't know at the time was the state of Florida had had a problem with Africanized bees. A lot of people don't know this, but the state of Florida, especially in the south and the southern parts where we live, our climate is very similar to Africa. Um, we have a we live in what's called a uh, monsoon climate where we have six months of rain, six months of dry, and uh, and uh, turns out that some of the standard American honeybees. Uh, had crossbred with Africanized bees. So you get this mixture of kind of really productive bees, but they're also very aggressive. And uh, I didn't realize that that's what I was dealing with when I opened up this wall. And um, and I had done, at this point, I'd probably done about five rescues. So I was very used to working with bees. I mean, it, you know, I love them. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, having an apiary was amazing. And, uh, and actually a lot of people don't realize this, but the honeybee is not native to the United States. It was brought here um, from Europe. Um, but, uh, so anyway, they're they're great pollinators and they do a lot of good things for us. So I really believe in that, um, keeping them safe and happy. Uh, the, so what happened next was because I'm now on my hands and knees, my bee suit is tight against my body. Whereas if you're standing the bee suit is um, sort of slack, like yeah, it's got room loose to move. And baggy. Yeah, it's kind of like around your body. So then the bees land on it, they try to sting through it. They can't. But because you know I'm on my hands and knees, um, and you know, so you can imagine my back is completely tight. My legs, that the, big the, you juicy know, booty. That's it. My muffin top is exposed. <laughs> I've got you know I'm I'm basically just a sitting duck, and I start feeling the stings and. You can kind of tell when bees get angry. I mean, for obvious reasons, you know they're angry. But like, and when you're working with a hive, you can kind of sense it. Like they they start to make noise. You know, the the, yeah. the sounds start to increase, and um, in volume and intensity, it's almost like a frequency change. Right, and then you'll notice them dive bombing your face. So they, they're attracted to carbon dioxide. So um, when, why a lot of people get stung in the mouth is because carbon dioxide is like, you know, that what they're attracted to. And, uh, but I have a helmet on with a net, you know, so they can't get to my face, but they start swarming my body. 
and they're all over my back. They're stinging me along the spine. They're stinging me in the legs. And um, unfortunately, I just got stung. I probably took about 50 stings that day. And uh, I'm not allergic to bees, obviously, uh, but um, I blew up like a balloon that day because my body was so full of histamine, which is probably what you were feeling when you were feeling that tunnel vision feeling. You're, you're, when you get stung by a bee and you have a slight sensitivity to them, even one bee sting, the body will flood with histamine. So that's why people give you Benadryl because it's an antihistamine mm-hmm. and uh, it calms that, that down in the body. Um, but for me, it gives me like a rush. Like I get like a, like a body buzz from it. So after a while I stopped feeling it, but uh, yeah, that was quite a, quite a rescue. It was a really interesting time. And, um, and we did manage to get the queen. We got everything out, but the hive had to be destroyed because they were just so aggressive. They were uh, not, they were not friendly. I couldn't, I had, the kids were really little back then and uh i just couldn't risk it you can't risk it Mm-mm. you can't risk it nor should you nor should you so bees are my friends are our our friends but wasps are not wasps are not hornets are not i don't like murder hornets well, i don't like anything that can sting uh, me repeatedly and not die yeah the, th- the thing is is that normally uh, not just because of what my wife does for a, a living, but normally I, you know, I have a policy of live and let live with all critters, you know, like they've got to do what they're designed to do. And it's it, just because something may be inconvenient to me uh, doesn't mean that I believe in uh, scorched earth policy with it. But with having to get this roof on this place... <laughs> I simply cannot tolerate being chased off the roof or away from areas that I have to repair. What, what uh, I've, is I've a, get what is a job done? What is the purpose of a wasp? Like, what do they do? They're for they're us? predatory, just like spiders or um, okay other predatory insects. Like some beetles are predatory, but you know it's just like any predator prey or predator prey relationship. They've got something that they're responding to and they, they, so there's actually several creatures that do this, but they call them, uh, mast years, M A S T like on a boat. Okay. And so different species of animals and plants will have mast years. And for some reason, wasps are really bad this year. There is some kind of prey animal in the environment that had a huge bloom and the predators responded to that. Interesting. And like, so oak trees will have a mast year. So like uh, on the years when you have like a really bumper crop of acorns, that's a mast year because what what happens is that the basically the environment is right and that the species uh, talk back and forth to each other through pheromones or, or something, or possibly okay. like with trees, they'll communicate through the roots. Uh, but they... They all basically agree. It's it's why it's why cicadas do like prime number years, and why there there's not a cicada bloom every year. So they they somehow manage to communicate. Hey, we're gonna pop out seven years from now, or thirteen years from now, or seventeen years from now, and that way, uh, when they have that big mast year, there are enough of them that will survive the increase in the predators that they'll be able to continue on with their 
their little silly games. That is super interesting. I did not know that. That's fantastic. So they, it's like they, they, if they did this every year, there wouldn't be enough resources to keep them alive, basically, right, is right. what you're saying. Right. That's super interesting. Wow. Yeah. I have a general rule about, you know, um, this. I am just like you. I'm live and let live. I don't kill spiders. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, spiders in my house, whatever. I'm the guy that grabs like the toilet paper roll and like, you know, picks them up. And unless, of course, it's like a brown recluse or <clears throat> we actually do have Black Widow down here. Uh, we also have scorpions in Florida. A lot of people don't know that. There's a lot of weird stuff that we have lives around here. We have uh, tailless scorpions here. We call them sun scorpions. They're interesting little critters. You should Google them. And they don't do they have they don't have a stinger then I assume. they do but it's like it's like getting injected with like uh, vinegar it's a very oh. a very weak toxin I see okay in fact yeah, that that's that's what they're called is vinegaroons oh uh, interesting that's a term how do that, you know all this uh d- d- basic geekery you know what well, well you have to realize my wife is a wildlife biologist and so she's worked with a variety of critters over her life, not just the birds. And all of her friends and acquaintances have, you know, their own niches that they work in. And I, I grew up a country boy hunting and fishing. And so like, you just kind of learn these things when you're out in nature and you have any kind of curiosity, you pick up books or you read articles or, you know, so you're like a brainiac. You're like the nerd. You're just sitting around memorizing stuff and learning things. Because even this this answer to this question <laughs> is very informative and professorial. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I like to learn about my environment because it allows me to make better decisions about how I interact with it. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, I'm I mean, with you there. Well, because I, I grew up. You know, I I don't talk about this a lot, but just because it's it's I don't know it's so normal to me, but it's probably not normal to other people. I grew up hunting and fishing by the seasons, and so like my whole life pretty much has revolved around the outdoors. And like, you know, I've talked about like getting the the raspberries and the wild strawberries and stuff. Like that's that's just stuff that I do. I I live in this in this natural environment where I don't have a lot of people on top of me. And so I have these opportunities that, you know, I can hunt in the spring and I can fish and I can hunt in the fall and I can, you know, I've got birds and mammals and there's fur trapping and there's uh, predator uh, licenses you can get. And so like, I've just over 41 years of my life, I've had a lot of interactions with, the, the seasonal changes of the environment, but also what role each of those animals plays in the ecosystem that they live in. It's pretty awesome. I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's probably definitely more of a uh, country rural type thing than a, I mean, I, I've always wondered why they don't sell licenses when it's tourist season. I mean, it's a season. We should be able to bag a few. Tourists? Yeah. Yeah. Well, geez. We have a thing down here where in about, uh, like, just after Christmas, typically, every license plate is not from Florida. Yeah. So, like, you don't see a lot of Florida license plates. You see a lot of New York, 
a lot of uh, New Jersey, um, Illinois, Michigan. The season starts before. Yeah, Christmas. that's that's the Does snowbird it? season. It's typically like I always thought it was after Christmas, but most people. No, come it's here. in the fall until about Easter. Yeah, that that sounds definitely snowbird. Up here, my wife, uh, <laughs> it's the spring and the fall. They call it uh, the newlyweds and the nearly deads. <laughs> because summer vacation is family, whereas people that don't have kids or you know their kids have moved out, they'll take vacation when it's convenient for them rather than try to get it in when everybody else is trying to get their vacation. The Makes newlyweds sense. and the nearly deads. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of uh, the snowbirds. They come here and spend a lot of money, which is kind of nice. But I, other than that, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm over it for sure. They. They have taken. Uh, <clears throat> they come here like they own the place, and then they, oh yeah, you know, do their thing. Tourists, yeah, it's tourists are. I don't want to say the bane of my existence. You know, on on the one hand, I'm grateful for them because my wife's job revolves around tourists mostly. Sure, yeah, I know. That's uh, the, but on the, the, but on the part, other yeah. hand, you know, I live here. They're just here on vacation. Like, I don't want to deal with their shit or their ignorance or their stupidity. Like, I I'm the, the guy that. I'm the guy, yeah, the traffic. Um, I'm the guy that whenever somebody gets gored or trampled by a buffalo in Yellowstone, I'm the guy who's forwarding that to all of my friends. And, you know, we, I like that too. We laugh about how, <laughs> like, I have seriously had a tourist ask me before, when do they let the animals out in Yellowstone? Because we haven't seen anything all day. And I'm like, wow. it is a fucking national park, it is not a zoo. What the fuck is wrong with you? You're an adult. You pay taxes, correct? You have a job, correct? You managed to earn enough money to come on this vacation. How can you be so fucking stupid? Yes, well, I've, I've they... actually said that to a tourist before <laughs> because I'm just dumbfounded that a tax-paying person from any this. country could actually ask me that question. Like, they're that dumb. It, they're everywhere, but oh, it, hey, man, yes, hey, they are. You, you just have to, you have to kind of. Uh, somebody used the example of hens and chicks. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> yeah, where it's like you're the hen and they're the chicks, and you got to kind of direct them, and you got to keep them from falling down and getting no, eaten no, no, by the coyotes. That's when you that. tell that's them to cross the street while you know traffic hours or traffic jam is going on. Hopefully, yeah. it thins the herd. I, I, you know, I. I joke about this stuff. I'm really not that negative about this kind of stuff. But yeah, it, it does actually kind of surprise me. Somehow I don't believe this. You're <laughs> well, saying you're not that negative. I'm it, not really that angry about it. It's it's very tongue-in-cheek. Like, I, I try yeah, to have a good we, attitude we about it. it. But We get yeah. you, Trent. We, we well, yeah, you, I mean, you guys you guys experience tourist season. You know what it's like. They, they it, It's like, I'm on vacation. There's no rules. And it's like, no, motherfucker, there's rules. People still live here. Yeah, the, the thing about Florida is people forget that not everyone that's here is on vacation, too. Right. That's the other thing. You know, we, we, we love our family when they come to visit. But uh, they show up and they're like, okay, what are we doing? We're going on the boat. Yeah, We're doing they're this. In, they're like, in island mode. I'm working. Full I don't on. know about you. I'm working. I got stuff to do. You know, And yeah. um, they look at you sideways kind of like, wait, you live in Florida. It's like, 
Right. I live in Florida. Same, I also have a mortgage to pay. Like <laughs> right. I have unpopular. a mortgage to pay and there's a car note and, you know, insurance yeah. for the, the kids' braces don't put themselves on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a thing. It's a whole thing. And, you know, I appreciate it. I'm like, you know, I get it. You, you think that we can do this stuff. So we've educated most of our family to the point where they now understand this. They're not, they're, they don't think of it in this ter- these terms They want to hang out all the time. All the time. All the time. And then on all top the of that, we have the three kids. So it's like, w- wait, you, we have all, we have these kids <laughs> to take care of. We got jobs. We got, you know, the house to maintain, like all this stuff. And then where are we going to have time to go to, you know, go to dinner and do all this other stuff? It's really tough. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's, going not, on. it's just like At cocktails least- and a whole thing. Like, yeah. 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 At yeah. least and you don't have not, not, not that we don't love it. We, we totally we appreciate it. it. It's just like, exhausting yeah. yeah i was gonna say at least you don't have like a cousin eddie that shows up parks his rv in your driveway and you know you come out and he's like shitter's full you know yeah. and he's just <laughs> who was I the mean, actor is that dennis quaid uh or is that uh, randy, no, quaid? randy quaid randy quaid it's, okay so i <laughs> just this came up the other day because i was in the same room with randy quaid like about a year ago awesome and <laughs> I was at a fundraiser. No, that Dennis Quaid was. Was it at Dennis Quaid? It was Dennis. Randy it was his brother. Quaid is the actor? Yeah, that yeah. We're it, it was his about. brother. Right. Never mind. This story is told. It was Dennis Quaid, not Randy. I get them mixed up. That makes it even better that you mix those two up because they've always played very different characters. <laughs> I know. Poor Dennis. I, I know. I'm so That's sorry, nice. Dennis. I don't. I don't know what to say. Did you know, but- Dennis Quaid recently adopted a cat from a shelter, and they had named it Dennis Quaid. <laughs> he, he adopted I believe it. this. I believe that's, awesome. that's real. Okay, sorry. Yeah, no, I believe this totally. And he was at the fundraiser, by the way, to play music. So there's actually oh, his band. His band. Oh. Yeah, there's he has a band. There's actually quite do. a few. Like, have you ever heard uh, Bruce Willis play harmonica? Not just harmonica. <laughs> the dude can sing, and he plays another instrument. I'm forgetting which one. Uh, but I know he plays it, harmonica. Have you ever seen the movie Hudson Hawk? Yeah, it's yeah. great. Film. Oh, great movie! It's like one of those sleeper movies that most people have never heard of. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a great film. I love that piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, switching. Since we're talking about this, through happenstance, we are. Well, Sarah is looking at CNN.com on her phone or iPad. And we're like looking up stuff. I don't remember what how this came up, but it was something. Oh, it was about um, Anderson Cooper interviewed Dennis Leary because of nine eleven. He was doing a nine eleven interview. We were doing a yeah. We were looking up stuff on nine eleven, and this inter- great interview with Anderson Cooper and Dennis Leary comes up, and of course it's all over Zoom. You know, like they do like a video chat type thing. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> we're sitting there like listening to it, and it was like really riveting. I mean, it was really great to listen to it and um, to hear Dennis's take on the whole thing, you know, um, 9 11, 19 years later, and all that. And then Sarah and I uh, were just talking, we're like, what was that TV show that Dennis Leary did on FX a bunch of years ago? And um, save, I don't know if you remember save this. Me or- uh, Rescue Me Rescue was me. the name of the show. Yeah. So we decide to look it up on uh, Hulu to see if it's like available. And it is. It's like totally free to watch it on Hulu. If you're a Hulu member anyway, it's not free. Yeah. Quote unquote free. You got a, it's a monthly subscription like Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. We cut the cord a while ago. So we don't have like cable or direct TV or anything. We just have like the major streaming services. Mm-hmm. And um, so we started watching Rescue Me again. 
And I had seen like a handful of episodes when it was live, when like back when live television was a thing, because it was recorded back in like oh three oh four, I think. Yeah. And um, God damn, is that good? That whole series is good. Dennis is amazing. He's and such a great actor. He's a great actor. Him. The characters, the stories. It, from episode one, you are locked in. Yeah. Yes, you're locked in. And the storyline behind them being firefighters and then being kind of washed up. You know, they were heroes after 9-11. And then, you know, everybody, of course, quickly forgot, you know, that who they were. And you know, nobody cared anymore and all this stuff. And, and then all about how... Um, uh, the you know, firemen, the the life of a fireman is is you know kind of um sought as saw seen as like a hero type position, but the reality is is they're put through major stressors mm-hmm. all the time, and you know these guys, you know, a lot of them turn to drugs and alcohol to cope, mm-hmm. and um, so you know, uh, it, anyway, if you're looking for something to binge watch, uh, go on Hulu and pick up um. Rescue me with Dennis Leary because uh, the it's, other it's TVMA. It is so, TVMA. You know, so if you're younger, if you're sensitive. There's a lot of like get over it, snowflake. Sit, well, you know, there's yeah. but there's some children, not children, but younger people that listen to this podcast. So we want to let you know right away that it would not be cool if you were watching that show and your parents walked in because yeah, it would not be cool. There's a lot of adult situations, if you know what I mean. But um, the 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 concept of the show is fantastic. Sarah and I were really big fans of the Shield. I don't know if you remember oh, yeah. Michael Chiklis did the Shield. Did you ever watch the Commish? One. Uh, yes. Yeah, the commish. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Chickless yep. as the commish. Totally different dude. Yes, totally different yes. guy. Watch. I grew up. Well, it, while I was growing up, the commish was one of those shows that we watched. And then, as an adult, I saw the Shield, and I was like, "Wow, Michael." Yeah, Chickless. the commish grew up. Yeah, yeah. He he. That gritty. that entire series, by the way, gritty. is another. Really Very gritty. One. I well, think they call a lot of shows gritty, but that one actually is. That one's oh, definitely yeah. gritty. I feel like that was the first mainstream gritty show. Yeah, if, if you don't want to take a shower after watching that, you probably work for the mob in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, dude, that show is is gross. It makes you feel gross about all kinds of things. Okay, Sarah, so if you had to choose between Rescue Me, I know we haven't finished Rescue Me yet, but if you had to pick a series... Which one would you put first and second? Rescue Me or Shield? Oh, oh, that's tough. Because the Shield they're very similar got shows. So good. Yes, Shield. But they're also I mean, kind of different genres. They are really different. I really love the cop drama thing, uh, but I don't know. I really love Dennis Leary. And I, I don't I love the Kamish. You don't he like Chickless? Not hot. He and, is weird looking. Yeah. But and he with fits the, that character. With right. Dennis Leary, all I can think of is that song he did, I'm an Asshole. Right. Mm-hmm. I like right. to park in handicapped spaces while handicapped folks make handicapped faces. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's so ridiculous. I have always loved him. I don't know. I think I might put Rescue Me ahead of it. I don't know. when I, We were just talking about it when What's-His-Name put the grenade in curtis's lap and it was just like <laughs> oh god spoiler alert yeah whoops um another another totally different genre but another fun show that i like is Brit- the adventures of briscoe county jr what is this i've never even heard of this this is like 
in Bruce? a Walker, Texas Ranger time. No. Yes, Chuck Norris yeah. in this. No, Bruce no, like Campbell. It, like in our same age. Oh, it's Bruce Campbell. Ooh, Bruce, Campbell Bruce Campbell <laughs> plays this kind of Indiana Jones meets, you know, Western. What's it called again? The Adventures of Briscoe County oh, right. Jr. Is this a show or a movie? It's a series. Yeah, is wasn't it, a it recent on series? at the same time? Yeah, I think I think Walker, it was on Texas FX. Ranger. It was well, it was either Fox or FX back in the day. Because I would come home from school and I would watch it, like in high school. So oh, like so I'd get I get off show. at like three thirty four o'clock and I would watch Bruce Campbell because I I grew up watching you know all of his movies and so I I love Bruce Campbell. Oh yeah. And uh, I love Bruce Campbell too. And Campy in the same Campbell. in the same vein, uh, there's two other shows I want to give a shout out to. One is Firefly. And Excellent. anybody anybody who's been to my Instagram page, if you don't get the reference to the brown coat, shame on you. <laughs> and the other one is, um, oh damn it! Why did I just forget that? Uh But anyway, so Firefly, sorry, fi- sorry for the dead air. Firefly is basically, it's a Western in space, which it's way better than it sounds. Have you watched the Oroville? Uh, yes. With, uh, With uh, what's uh, his name from Family Guy? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, the other one I like, I, j- I just thought of it, is, uh, damn it, Brian, you keep messing me up. Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, no, the Orville. The Orville is good. A million ways to die in the West is probably one of his best movies ever. Have I you never seen? got through that. What? <clears throat> I think that was the one with uh, what's his name from Family Guy, right? Uh huh. Yes, yeah. same guy. Seth, uh, Seth, Seth MacFarlane. Uh, Seth MacFarlane. Right. Yeah. He's so funny. Right, Brian. We started watching that, and you were like. Yeah, we could. A million ways to die in the West. Can you imagine? Uh, I think anytime anyone starts singing, Brian's like, "I can't friggin' sit." It's like that piece with Hugh Jackman. Okay, okay, okay. It it was just it just killed me. So I can't do it. it. I can't do it. South Park, the arts. You know the the guys (laughs) that made South Park theater. Yeah, you know the guys that made South Park. Yeah, the the Book of Mormon is another one I can't sit. And Brian won't go see that with me. But I have no interest in that. But. So they've done some other stuff. So Trey Parker and Matt Stone, may, uh, they went to school at, I believe it was CU Boulder, Colorado, University of Colorado Boulder. I think Colorado. you're correct, yes. So anyways, they did this wonderful, it was a student project, and it was one of the first movies that they released. And it's it's about, it's called Cannibal the Musical, and it's about Alfred Packer, who was accused of killing and eating the members of his party when they were, because they were headed out west for the gold rush in California. What and an interesting concept for a musical! It is hilarious. We are yeah. India. <laughs> if you don't watch it, you won't get that reference. Even Team America is a stretch for me. Like I, think I really you have like to Team rewatch America. it. That know. movie's yeah. so funny. You have, you have to, you ha- seriously, you if you like weird movies, you have it. to watch know. Cannibal the Musical. All right, I'll try it. And then, and then on top of that, on top of that, I I just remembered uh, is Doctor Horrible's sing along blog. It's got Patrick, uh, the guy that played Doogie Howser. Oh, Patrick. NPH. Uh, 
Yes, Patrick, Neil Patrick, Neil Harris. Patrick Harris. Harris. And yeah. it's got uh, the guy who played Mal in Firefly. Uh, I never watched that show, not once. God, what's his name? Is it that good? Oh, it's a, it's Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. This, this is one of those guilty pleasures that the wife has tricked me into liking because she's got... She's got some, I don't want to say odd tastes, but she definitely has some unique tastes. And I will sit down and watch Cannibal the Musical or Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog anytime she puts it on. Now, I have had a uh, sort of resurgence of watching uh, sailing videos. I don't know if you get into any of these, but I know you're a land lover and all, but uh there's a like a, a bunch of these guys on YouTube that create uh, sailing content. And for actually a lot of people don't know this, but I was a boat captain for a long time. I was a fishing charter captain, took people fishing for a living. And you were did Popeye. I was Popeye. I went out and, uh, you know, uh, ate my spinach and did my thing and put people on fish. Um, and then uh, my dream was actually to sail around the world. That's And it's still my dream. I still think about it a lot. But uh, my my body doesn't so much agree with it agree with it yeah um but anyway so uh during covid like at night and stuff like i'm i'm tuning into all these sailing channels and uh youtube is a really interesting space because i don't know what it is but um these so these guys figured out that if you put like girls in bikinis in thumbnails what you know, yeah i mean it's a thing <laughs> i don't know shocking. it's it's shocking this is shocking. shocking uh people will click on them and watch their content and um so you know over the years i've kind of picked up there's a whole bunch of trash by the way so there's like legit garbage sailing videos that are just nothing but just stupid you know no content but there's a few of them that are very good and fun to watch and they're like guys that like float through the Caribbean mostly. I mean, they're, you know, down in the Caribbean, then they sail up, um, you know, into the northern latitudes, usually during hurricane season. So uh, I watch Captain Rick Moore of uh, Sailing Sophisticated Lady. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, he, he is a Canadian guy who I don't know how he lures these women to come sailing with him, um, but he does. And he just recently got engaged. So that was kind of cool. He, he got engaged to a, an Italian woman. And then there's another one. This name of this boat, the name of the channel is ridiculous. It's called Sailing Doodles. And the reason <laughs> is, is because the guy had golden doodles on the boat. The first time I sat and watched one of these with Brian, I was like, that is just the dumbest name. I can't even get over it. And then he starts talking about his two dogs and they were really cute. And I I tried to get over it, but it's still really stupid. So you kind of buy into it, you know, like after after you see the dogs and such, um, you know. But it's basically a man with a boat and a rotating cast of female characters. And he legit in the intro goes, hi, this season of Sailing Doodles features. And then he like cuts to, uh, you know, these women and you know the pictures of them and doing stuff and hanging out on the boat and stuff yeah so it's like every weirdo's you know dream you know being on a boat in the middle of the caribbean with two women and all this stuff but honestly that channel has actually got a lot of really good content like i really watch that channel because of the different projects the guy does and he like keeps his boat up he was actually a uh uh flight uh was he he was a pilot I think, and then he oh, had yeah, he was a pilot. He had a uh, a stroke, 
and he could no longer fly. So I guess the rule is in aviation, if you have like, you've stroke out one time, um, that's it. You're yeah. like done flying. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, uh, think about it. Yeah. You don't want- I wouldn't want a pilot. Oh, no, I wouldn't <laughs> want him flying my plane. Who was like, sure. oh, no, I only stroked out that one time. And after watching the guy's YouTube channel, I really don't want him flying my plane. I mean, the guy's like, he's drinking so much rum. I mean, he could float a freaking battleship with how much rum that guy drank. But uh, um, but he has a blast, you know, so he's always got a rotating cast of, you know, cute girls that are coming on the boat and all. The, um, it, it makes sense why you and the art of craftsmanship guys, like, uh, get along. Because the closest I've come oh, to yeah. any kind of sailing, uh, w- watching that kind of stuff or participating is watching the documentary of uh, the country. Contiki? The Contiki. Yeah. yeah, the Contiki, yes. That's that's realistically, other than um what was that horrible master and commander with the uh... <laughs> My father in law loves that movie. Yeah. So <laughs> other, my dad, Russell Crowe. Other my dad other than that and reading about that. Moby Dick, that is that is the extent of my uh <laughs> I, I take that back. I guess there's also the old man in the sea because I really enjoyed that Hemingway. Oh novel. yeah, no that oh old man in the sea is excellent. I mean that's just like a metaphor for every man's life. I mean it's it's like every working man's life is that's a metaphor for it. If you haven't read Old Man in the Sea, Ernest Hemingway, you should read it and then see the film. The film is a little slow because it's old, but it's it, it's it a, is but very good because it's it's Tracy, uh, Spencer Tracy. I believe was I think it's Spencer Tracy yes. yeah that plays the old man yep, yeah yep. and uh but actually so there's an interesting tie in there because uh Ernest Ernest Hemingway actually had several seasons that he spent here in Wyoming along with bet you didn't know this um Amelia Earhart she uh they were actually building a cabin cuz she was either married to or getting married to the people that owned one of the big ranches out here. And then, you know, she went on her transatlantic flight and, or no, never came back. Yeah. never came back. I guess that was the Pacific flight, not the transatlantic flight, but yeah. So there's actually, uh, no, I think it was the Atlantic flight because didn't they think she ended up in Bermuda somewhere? No, it was somewhere over in, uh, Oh no, you're right. It was the South Pacific. Yeah. No, they, you're right. They thought that the, the Chinese or the Japanese thought she was spying and they and they shot her down. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big Hemingway fan. I think uh, when at some point when you and Mel come down to Florida, we'll trek down into the Keys. There's some very uh, awesome pieces of Hemingway history down there, um, and one being his house, number one, and you can take a tour of it. Cool. Um, <clears throat> there's tons of great Hemingway stories. Um, there's his swimming pool and Sarah and I almost did this. We're building a swimming pool right now, but, um, there, there, there's a great story about there's a penny embedded in the swimming pool behind the Hemingway house. And it's because he was getting a divorce from the, his wife who lived in that house and she wanted to uh, build a swimming pool. So down in the keys, to build a swimming pool is like very expensive because you got to back then, especially because you had to chip through all the limestone, like mm-hmm. the, you know, all the bedrock and everything that's mm-hmm. there. And, uh, so, you know, of course it cost a fortune to build this pool. And as Hemingway's leaving the house, he flings her a penny into the pool and he says, look at you, you got my last penny. And, uh, and you know, that penny now is like set in stone, like in mortar. They, they put it in the pool. It's still there. And, um, 
so when we were building our pool, I told Sarah, I said, we should get like a 1977 penny because that's the year we were born and we should have the, the, the pool builder like embed it in the, in the mortar, but we never did it. We should have done it now that I'm thinking about it. We yeah. should have done it. That's a, that's a cool story. We, we could still do it. We could still do it. Yeah. We could talk to them and they could probably still do it. Oh, but, uh, yeah. sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just remembered the last TV show that I was thinking of. It's called Warehouse 13. And like all great shows, they ended it way too early. But it is. Don't you hate that? It's like yeah. two seasons and it's over. It's it's like this weird comedy slash fantasy slash sci fi, and it's just about the the concept is that there is this warehouse, and there is a government agency that collects these artifacts that have these magical properties, and so it's the the life and death drama of these people who go around saving the day from these artifacts that oftentimes have unintended consequences when they're used. It sounds like a very in Indiana Jones. Yeah. It kind it, of, it's a little Indiana Jones and it's, uh, there are several well-known actors that are in the series and it was, it was just a fun, not too serious, but on the same token, like there was, there's definitely kind of a, a cult following for it. So, do you remember there was a show kind of like this? I think late '80s, um, and it I, it was either a spinoff of Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street, but it was basically like an antique store and everything, oh, and I it was haunted. The show. Oh, and yeah. it's called the Golden the, Girls. Stop it. <laughs> And the owner would like go and, you know, research where something happened and, you know, to like acquire weird things and put it in a safe place. And, you know, you don't, Trent, come on, you're letting me down. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not trying to let you down. It's just, uh, you're not as old as me. No, no, it's not even that. It's that I live in BFE. And so if it wasn't on the cable package that I had, I'm kind of ignorant to it. I don't know. I feel like it was on a main thing, but it might have been right along the line. It was, it was like an earlier, cheesier. See, here, here's the here's the thing. So I could always watch an Atlanta Braves game, but I could rarely catch any other baseball game. So my grandfather's favorite team was the Atlanta Braves, simply because TBS always played Braves games. TBS, man, they played Cubs games too. Oh, did they? See, yeah, I, WGN I, don't, I didn't know that TBS. because all he ever watched was the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, they, they, well, I don't know if it was affiliated out by you, but when I was a kid, I mean, I lived near Chicago, so you could turn on TBS and see Chicago Cubs, the Cubs play, baby. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing is being kind of a poor kid, we didn't have the deluxe package. Like I would have to wait for the one or two times a year that HBO would have like their free three or four day weekend and like so i would just like glue myself to the television during that three or four day weekend so i could watch all the hbo content and did they uh back then did they also air seinfeld tv yes i do yeah. remember seinfeld yeah because it, it would it would uh that would they were an affiliate for seinfeld so um yeah, you could watch it there i i remember when fox network became a mainstream thing out here because I got hooked on The Simpsons. That's one of my my wife and I's shared passions. Uh, she will watch The Simpsons at least once a day. And 
No kidding. Uh-huh. Oh, she's got, she's got like all, well, she doesn't have all of them, but she's got like 27 seasons on disc. And she bought the she bought the Disney streaming service because they've got the Simpsons on there. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna have to send you something. I've got to, I, you know, I used to work for Fox TV, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, I have some really rare Simpson stuff that was promotional items only Dude. that I somehow Dude. still have from back in the day and uh yeah it was in my office i'll have to dig through all that stuff and uh i'll send mel some stuff because that, uh, that I, will be awesome for me it's not like i don't really cherish it you know it's just like shit that i've kept over right, the years right. you know and and just things in my office that i had over time like little promotional items but but yeah i've got some Simps- simpson stuff that's just like n- nobody has this stuff unless you work for fox you would not have this that's awesome so, yeah i'll send it out to you guys for sure as an exchange for the delicious wine that you sent us. I'm glad that you it's guys like a gift enjoyed exchange. those. I love that wine. <laughs> and I like that mask. Well, I'm I'm happy because I picked out the fabric. She just she just made them. I you almost know, was, I, I did the I, I did almost the hard wanted work. to send I almost wanted to send Mel a, I don't know her well enough to send this to her, but I was going to send her a little thank you and be like, I really appreciate you donating your panties to these mask (laughs) projects that you you sent us. And I thought, wow, that's the most inappropriate thing I could possibly say to a human being that I don't really know. So I just, I used judgment and I filtered myself and I did not say those things. It's so funny because, you know, she's with me, but she is a very she's i don't know how to put this she's a goody two shoes and she's very straight laced but she's got a wicked sense of humor it's just that she's very selective about letting that out uh like it's not an act with her like she is she is almost as pure as the driven snow i mean like i i really lucked out with her she's not she's not a crazy person uh but yeah, and there's a lot of those out there. That's but for when, sure. when you consider that, I mean, like I am unfiltered, and I say inappropriate things all the time, and she just and she's yeah, and you she guys just are takes married, it in so. stride, like yeah, that's <laughs> just Trent. He's just you know, yeah, of course. When yeah. you love somebody, you 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 uh you just go with it. You go with the flow. Mm-hmm. So switching gears, real quick. You and I talked a little bit about this, but uh, in the last podcast, we were talking about cutting threads Yes, in some stock that, uh, okay, so I have a project going on. A lot of you know about it. I'm working on building a buffing wheel attachment, which, by the way, I have now come to use a lot. So um, I don't take a lot of video of it. I just don't. I don't know why. I need to promote it more, but I kind of want to perfect the design a little bit more before I start pumping stuff out. I get messages constantly about my tracking mechanisms and all the different things that I'm building all the time. And people are like, well, when are you going to push that into production? I'm like, when it's, when it actually functions correctly, I will, you know, or when I can figure out a way to manufacture it. Reasonably affordably. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, when I tell somebody like, oh, you want that and it's, and they're like, well, yeah, how much is that? You know, it's just a little piece of steel. I'm like, it's going to be a hundred bucks. They're like, what? It's just a little piece of steel. It's like, yeah, it's going to take me four hours to freaking fabricate the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in, until I can figure out how to laser cut stuff and, you know, make it all right and make it work. That's how it works. But, uh, 
So the the buffing wheel attachment, there's two cool things that are going on with this thing. So the buffing wheel, if you look at any photos on Instagram, there's there's these pictures of the buffing wheel attachment that I made. This pillow block bearings with a three-quarter inch shaft that runs through the center of them. And then on the left side, there is a um there's a buffing wheel attachment. And then on the right side, there's nothing, but there's like a drive wheel. So the belt comes off of the grinder down across the drive wheel attachment thing and it spins this buffing wheel my goal is to thread both sides of that shaft so that i can actually put a buffing wheel on both sides because i think that'll help a little bit with the vibration if i can balance it out a little bit um, i can definitely uh, see how that might help although there's a chance that it could make it worse um, who knows uh, but the 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 hidden component to this thing which i think is really kind of cool is that um the angle of the belt as it's coming down off of the tracking mechanism down across the drive wheel is almost perfect for sharpening blades so it used to be that i would put the grinder in reverse and i would sharpen i would put my bevels on you know on the slack part of the upper part of the belt but it would be kind of precarious because you know it's 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 above my shoulder height almost you know, because that belt is so high. Um, but with this setup, I'm able to actually drag my blades across and feel like very it's very comfortable. Uh, so I thought, how cool is that? Because a lot of times I polish uh, my cutting edges. Um, it's just something that I've learned to do. Even after I strop them, um, I will put a polished, uh, like just that you know, it's like two millimeters. It's a very small amount of steel that gets polished, but I'll do that. And uh, I find that I get a better, it's like, it removes all of the debris and the dirt and the burl and, or not the burl, the, uh, burr. what's that? The burr, the, the thing that comes off of when you meet to yeah, the wire you know, the edge. edge. Yeah. That little wire edge, even after I strop it, sometimes I have to kind of clean that off. Um, and, I can get a razor sharp edge just using this buffing wheel and this, you know, I use a, I start at 600 grit to get that primary bevel up and then I bring it up to 1200 and then I go with leather. Um, so it's, it's actually creating like a really cool scenario because, um, uh, when the belt's running in reverse, that's how I sharpen my blade. And then, uh, I hit the forward switch and then it will turn back and then I can buff that edge and actually, you know, bring that thing to a, I mean, just razor sharp in a matter of about five minutes. If you do it right, I am thinking that that could be the norm for a lot of people who are looking to sharpen their blades using a two by 72. If they don't have a Tormek or something like that, um, you know, sharpening device that they use. And I've tried a lot of them, by the way. Um, and nothing works quite as smooth and as quickly as my belt grinder. Um, but, uh, it, you just have to really concentrate because you can, you can screw it up pretty bad if, if, if you're not paying attention. Um, but anyway, the long story short is, I need to be able to find a three quarter inch straight shaft that is threaded on both ends. And the threads probably have to be about three and a half inches uh, from either end. And that's like nearly impossible. I, I, I just simply cannot find somebody that makes one. Uh, but McMaster car actually sells the, the shaft. So I was able to buy the shaft and uh, Trent's helping me understand what it's like to cut threads on um you know shaft material 
Um, so I actually bought the the die. So it's the three quarter ten die, cutting die. And and by the way, uh, do you know who A Bomb seventy nine is, Trent? Of course. So um, I'm watching a video because he put a video out about the differences between the cutting dies. I think we talked about this on the last podcast, by the way. But there, you know, there's round dies and there's hex dies. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know the difference. I had Threading no idea versus, that they're actually. Or I mean, chasing versus cutting. Versus cutting, yeah. And so I buy the round. I was I had the the hex die in my cart, and I was going to buy that. And then I watched his video about you know using round die to actually cut the the threads and um, and bought that one instead. So I get all this the, these contraptions in. I bring them into my shop. I'm like you know trying to cut the. I'm talking to my buddy Ben on the phone. I'm trying to do this you know cut these threads or whatever. And uh, unfortunately, I must not have done something right because I got the threads cut, but you can't thread a nut all the way on because it. I must have had. I must have had the device cockeyed when I started, which sucks because once it started, you know, there's really not a lot of fix for it. You you just have to either cut that end off and start over or whatever. But I, I wish I wish that I was there because I could show you in five minutes how to manually thread the piece using the lathe you've got. But it it's trying to say it or type it. In yeah, it's the super step difficult. by step. Yeah, it's it's it's. Do you think you could FaceTime or not FaceTime, but like do Instagram video chat like we do when we talk? Sometimes could you I, talk I po- me through? I it possibly there? could. the 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 issue is with the unresolved situation that I'm not willing to talk about yet. I don't want to open up the my lathe so I could demonstrate for you. Gotcha. Yeah, you know what I mean. If if I didn't possibly need to move that crate in the next month, then I would just uncrate it. But that's going to make it more difficult to move. Well, this isn't super time sensitive, so I think that if we waited a little bit, it would be not a big deal. Here's what I'll tell you: since I effed up the other shaft, I'm going to go ahead and just cut that end off, and I'm going to chamfer the edge, mm-hmm. like you suggested, and I'm going to. Try it again. And I'm going to try it again the way that we talked about, which is like I'm going to use the lathe, the tailstock from the lathe, and I'm going to push that against it yeah, that and just, hope that I can get it straight. Yeah, that just helps uh, the initial cut so that it's cutting straight. Yeah, I think we could – I think I can get it because well, I'm not that actually, far Actually, it's the, cutting the square one. because straight – you can have Correct. a straight line that's not leveled to the world or square to the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that that die must be ninety degrees off that shaft. Yeah, is it's basically it's, what it's, it is. It's got to be so be square as square to the shaft as possible, so that as you cut, and that's the other thing is over uh, three inches, you're probably going to have some variation regardless because you're cutting with a die rather than a single pointing the threads. But that's so. Do you, you think know. it's possible or no? Uh, it's possible. You're going to have to be very careful about um, – there's tolerances and everything. So there's tolerances on your shaft. Like it's probably a three-quarter nominal shaft, which means it could be uh, – Yeah, it's definitely not three-quarter yeah, exact. It could I be 749 and a half thousandths or less. It's actually a little bigger. Yeah. It's like 750. Oh, it's, po- it's plus. Well, see, that's, plus. that's actually going to fight you. Uh, you need to get 
the actual cutting diameter of a three-quarter inch die is under three-quarter of an inch. So what about this? What if I put it in the lathe and I centered it mm-hmm. and then uh, I took it down using just like some sandpaper or something just like you know, real easily took off that because there's like a paint layer on there. Yeah, they, yeah. they put something on there that, yeah. that gives it some. Do you some do you diameter. have any cutting tools? I do. Yeah, I just never. I would them. just take a skim cut. Okay. Um, I've had I've had discussions with people about this before, and they argue with me because they're like, "Well, the machinery's handbook says," and I've cut literally. <sighs> probably 150,000 threads in my life the 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 outer dimension the od does not is not as critical as cutting to depth because the tops of your threads are not doing anything they're really not there is no strength in the top of the thread where like you thread a knot and a bolt together like those, like most bolts are what they call a rolled thread. Those are not sharp crests because the top of the thread form doesn't do anything. It's the same way that like a nut. If you look at how a net nut is cut, they don't run a tap in it. They they use a, a form threading. It, it looks like a tap, but it's not a tap. It basically okay. displaces the material into the peaks and valleys. Okay. So if you look inside of a nut, it's square along the the tops of the threads inside the nut and if you look at a bolt because they're rolled the tops of the threads are rolled over because the tops of threads do not have any function other than getting in the way all of the thread or all of the strength in a thread is in the flanks so as long as you have enough height in your thread uh so like with a three quarter inch i probably would not go any less than like 735 thousandths but anywhere between 745 and 735 you're going to have 95 percent of the strength of the thread form so it's so okay could i potentially take down i mean the threads that i effed up could i take those down a little bit you think yeah and yeah then, if, if and you try if, the nut again maybe if it you, would thread on if you get it indicated properly and you take it down and you start it square, and you can maintain that squareness over the over the course of the threads. You you should be able to. I can't promise, but you should be able to recut those threads and save the majority of the thread form. Yeah, because I can get the nut on there like an inch and a half, but then it starts to bind up. Yeah, so it's it's yeah. and that's so probably maybe because you could talk me through that. Be, that's probably because yeah, like you're. You're trying to cut threads and displace material at the same time in those thread cutting dies or thread cutting taps. They're not good at displacing material. They can only cut what's directly in the path of the tooth. And so if there's any material building up because there's extra material there and the OD or like if you drilled too small of a hole and tried to tap it, you're doing the same thing. You're trying to cut and form a tap at the same time. So you're trying yeah, to cut removing yeah. material but you're also having to displace the extra material and it's going to start binding up the uh the gullets and the the thread form does yeah, that make that any sense. sense yeah no it makes total sense okay i actually had that same thought that i you know it just seemed like the nut was spinning on there 
a little bit cockeyed. Yeah. Even though, and I'm like, well, in my head, I think it, it shouldn't matter. You know, should, you know, the die went through, the die goes yeah, on just it, fine. It, it shouldn't matter, but trust me, it does. Yeah, it definitely does because I can't get it past that mark. You know, I can't get it past there. Yeah. In fact, in the machinery's handbook, there's actually a section that tells you like how much you can top a thread and still have the majority of the strength in it. And it's, it's a lot more than people realize. Like you can have a, very undersized shaft and still have a majority of your thread form providing the actual function of i'm just going to throw like eight lock washers on it and just hope to god everything yeah you don't even need that just double nut it yeah well that's what i was going to spin your one nut on spin the other one on and then turn your first nut backwards into your first nut and it's not going anywhere turn my first nut into my second nut yeah so you tighten up your first nut as tight as you dare you bring your second nut in you touch those off so that they're they're close uh like they're rubbing on each other but they're not you're not cinching down the second nuts are rubbing against each other yeah go on so you (laughs) you leave you leave you leave your first your second nut snugged up and then you actually are loosening your first nut so that it tightens against the second nut. Then what happens? <laughs> friction. Sarah baby. would like to friction. know friction, baby. All right, all right. Enough nut talk for now. So, yes, uh, all right. Entirely too much nut talk. It, it, this is a lot of nut talk. So, all right. So the <laughs> the rubbing and, and the grinding and the, the rubbing and, and the grinding. And actually, what's funny is that before I, you know, we always do the thing where we post the picture on Instagram and we say like, "Hey, send us your questions and comments." Uh, my buddy Ben actually uh, wrote in and said, "Can you top the e-brake story?" And I'm fairly certain that the nut rubbing story is very close. I'm not sure if it tops it. I'm not sure if we have a story that will top it right now. I have to think about it, but I think rubbing our nuts together is I, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't. I don't. Very close. I don't want to be top or bottom on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, so now. Switching gears yet again, Sarah and I discovered something um, this weekend, this last weekend, when we were, uh, we do this thing where we go on uh, the Sam's Club app, right? If you're not familiar with Sam's Club, it's like a big box store that sells like stuff by the pound. If you're not familiar with it, Brian has talked about it I in every Sam's other Club. episode. So it's yeah. my favorite store. It's one of the buy, only place I buy groceries. Not just by the pound, yeah. by the pallet, by the... Yeah. You can buy, buy like the a gross spinach. You can. Yeah. You, I have literally seen somebody buy uh, eggs. They're they're what's yeah in a box. Yeah, you what's can buy the, like a, but it's, like it's twenty it's, dozen or something. Yeah, because because a gross is a dozen dozen, and it's more than that. And it's like yeah, it's more than that. Unless yeah, you're a restaurant, like res- how in the hell are you ever going to use that many eggs before they go bad? Well, maybe he's making like a big flan. <laughs> or, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. They, really big bowl of scrambled eggs. It's not it could be it's really not big me, bowl of scrambled eggs. Yeah. Other than the fact <laughs> yeah, that. I, yeah. It's a great store. I, I well, appreciate their. Yes. It's also it's also a glorious. It's it's like uh, an altar to American um, consumerism. Right. You pull like, up in your big ass car and you buy a big ass everything while you're in there. Yes. And get big ass deals and then you get in your big ass car and drive home to your big ass house. 
And you stuff it in your big-ass garage with your big-ass storage shelves, and you forget that it's there. And then you eat it, and then you get a big ass. This is the way it goes. But I love Sam's Club. All right, back back to my Sam's Club story. So Sarah and I do this thing where we create a... uh, we create a, um, a shopping list on Sam. So they have like a thing. So when I go or we have someone go buy our groceries, because we do this instant cart thing where people go shop for us, um, we'll do that. And uh, we're searching through um, all the different uh, foods that we need. And the last couple times I've gone into Sam's Club, they have uh, a new cereal. I don't know if you're aware of this, but this is the latest and greatest cereal that's come out on the market. And it is Baby Yoda cereal. Okay, so you know who Baby is that Yoda. Anything is, right? like Baby Shark? Do 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 do. It's kind of like Baby Shark, but it's it's. Have you watched The Mandalorian? Yes. Okay, so you know of the. It, there's a lot of debate out there whether or not that's actually Yoda. Um, it's it's a Mogwai or whatever. I don't know what he is. He's some sort of weird. Mogwai you know. is what they called the gremlins in the, in right. the movie. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware, but I just I don't know what he is. He's some sort of weird, you know, creature. And this creature is the same, uh, you know, thing. So, well, but it looks like a from, baby. Yoda. From what the nerds are saying, he's the same species, but he's probably not. He's probably not Yoda. It's like yeah, the time frames don't match up yeah. according to the the nerd sect. So uh, Sarah pulls up the, I don't know if you know this, but on the Sam's Club uh, website, people can leave reviews for different foods, okay? And there are, how many reviews are there, Sarah, for the Baby Yoda cereal? Have you looked at how many it is? I think there were like 50 some. Okay, so 50 some people took the time to review Baby Yoda cereal. And the verdict? The, well, it was ridiculous. The verdict is is that it's a good cereal. I think it's got a four out of five First star of rating. All, it's great, but not not the star system. We're not talking about the star system. We're talking about what they wrote in about the cereal. Right. So not only did they take the time to actually review it, but like on Amazon, you're able to leave like a comment. It's up to sixty two reviews now. All right, sixty two reviews. <laughs> I've, I've got and, to hear some of these. Right. So the just I want to put you in a frame of mind. Somebody took the time to write to Sam's Club about Baby Yoda cereal. Do you want me to just touch on a couple hey, or the one? I I want you to read just a few. The high and, points. The high points. Yeah, there's some high points in okay. there. I don't think there's new I content stopped. in here. Oh my god. I have laugh. not stopped laughing. I keep thinking to myself, who does this? Who has the time? To review cereal. Apparently, so many people do. All right. Two stars. Don't bother. Basic sugar cereal. Basic sugar pop cereal with marshmallow shapes of Yoda head. Not worth paying the extra money for the Star Wars name. Better tasting cereals for less money. What extra money? It was like it's $5 a for a huge box for $4.50. Yeah, All right. So they're not into it. They're not into it. And then a ton of five stars. Five, 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 five. One. There was one review that mm-hmm. I could not stop laughing. It was the 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 verbiage used. Some people you know? are talking about like how the marshmallows melt in their mouth, like they get into it. The, these are like long descriptions about Kids were the cereal. Excited. I'm not going to lie, I bought it for Baby Yoda, but I'm pleasantly surprised with how good it is. The title of this particular five star review by Phil Bill. 
is goes well with milk. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so wait a minute. Cereal goes well with milk. Right. Just checking. Right. First and foremost. I have run out before, and I'll tell you, Keystone is a poor substitute. <laughs> Beer and cereal. I, oh. I can see how that can go together. And like on corn Friday flakes. where she's like, just pour water on it. Yeah, corn cornflakes cornflakes and beer. It's doable. And then there's I'm 38 and this is the best cereal I've ever had in my life. Jesus. I love <laughs> I I it's pretty good. I disagree with it just on principle because have you ever had fruity pebbles? <laughs> fruity pebbles are damn good. Yeah. They're pretty that's, good. That's but... in the top ten for sure. Honeycomb? I mean, come on. Honeycombs were good. Sugar smacks were good. Uh-huh. Captain Crunch. Fra- oh, the, the Captain. Pro- the you problem, know what? I- you snack on that and you have a bloody roof of your mouth. Well, the, the problem that I have with sugar smacks is that sometimes when I'm not hydrated, my pee smells like that. And then I yes. just can't eat sugar smacks. What? Yeah, I don't. Are you diabetic by cho- uh, chance? Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. House is back for the medical segment. <laughs> Take two baby Yoda bowls of cereal and call me in the morning. All right. This person says it's as far as property tie-in cereals go. This one is pretty tasty. And baby Yoda on the box is adorable. It's reminiscent of fruity pebbles with some Yoda-shaped marshmallows thrown in for good measure. I would eat that. I would. I'm not going to lie. I love fruity pebbles. You throw marshmallows in there. I'm a sucker for the sugar. Yeah, it's like little Lucky Charms style. Yeah, like little green heads. Yoda heads. Oh yeah, they're cute. I'm yeah. all over that. Yeah, they're good. And Brian, poor Brian, he can't even try the cereal, but um, it's delicious. I like the one that says there was a missed opportunity. I am trying to find it. Here's one. She's got a scroll, Brian. The There's 62 reviews. 62 reviews. That's a yeah. lot of scrolling. I'm so busy, I can barely oh, respond okay. to like voicemails. I, was, I don't know how people even have the time to write reviews on well, cereal. Well, apparently, um, there was supposed to be a poster originally when this first came out. So he's he's got issues from the start. No poster, bland and generic flavor. Um, this was originally supposed to come with a limited poster. There is no poster. Who complains about this? I I don't know. This is two the stars. nerds. The nerds who are going to save this shit and then try to sell it. Listen, on eBay. listen, I, listen you hit listen. it on the head. Listen to this. This is supposed to come with a poster, it's, and it didn't come with a poster. I'm very <laughs> upset. It's unfortunate, as many look at cereal boxes like this as a collectible. <laughs> Buying it strictly for the poster or the like. I'm sorry if you collect cereal boxes. If anybody in our audience collects cereal boxes as a hobby, I apologize, but that is the most, ret- I can't say that word, ridiculous. most ridiculous thing ridiculous. I've ever heard of. Right. So, review of cereal. Taste. Generic. And then there's some bullets. Lightly sweet corn puffs, but lacking in taste. Almost bland. Think limited Funko Pop cereal, if you've had that before. Marshmallow quantity is lacking. Smells of what you'd expect from a generic corn puff cereal. Slightly sweet, but bland in nature. He's just saying the same thing again and again. Overall rating, 3 out of 10. Taste is too bland, not many marshmallows, and leaves much to be desired. Reminiscent of Funko Pop cereals, slightly better, but still not great. Overall, unoriginal. What is Funko Pop? It's those little characters. Yeah, the little bug-eyed. Oh, right, right. Yeah. 
unoriginal and a missed opportunity to make a great cereal to accompany the hype around the Mandalorian or better yet, Baby Yoda, asterisk, asterisk, the child. Wow. That thus concludes. I can't handle it. The as, review. Okay. I, I can't do it. As, as a, a geek. missed opportunity. Yeah. As a geek. I, I can say this. I mean this with all love and affection to Peace and love. Peace yeah. and love. But um how do people like that have jobs to buy cereal at San Okay, Club? first and all, know. first of all, they don't have jobs, number one. Or they work in like the basement at the post office. That's the other thing. Because like This is yeah. a big opportunity, Trent. Like Listen. yeah. Like I'm telling you, this thing was supposed to come with a poster. Number one, <laughs> number two, it's just, there's no it's, poster of the child. Yeah, it's, I just you can't can, understand it. You can appreciate his passion for it's, this project. It's, okay, it's the this forty year old virgin meets meets neckbeard meets. Ugh. I don't even Milady. know what. Milady. Yeah, yeah. The the oh yeah the white knight. Yes. But I feel like uh, I got more information out of that review than this one. That's well, it was stars. very repetitive. Right. But I got more out of that than this one that says, pretty good. My kids really like this cereal. See, that's what I would have written. See, no, but, but like, why write it? You let but, the stars do the work. I yeah, mean, you like, but, you know, it's a four out of 10 cereal. But, you know, whatever. That's time. actually more useful because it totally let's be is. honest. The average person isn't going to buy that shit for themselves. It's going to be for their little brats. That's exactly right. That's why I bought it. I bought it for all three of our brats, and they have consumed every single drop of it that I've purchased. At which they point, that is probably, that, that should be leading the, the, the leaderboard. That should be at the top of the leaderboard for yeah. pertinent comments, rather than Sir Neckbeard, who's like, it didn't come with a poster, and I'm very upset. This is upsetting. But that's more entertaining to me than it was pretty good. Well, yes. Well, on the on the other hand, on the other hand, since you guys are talking about I don't have time for this, you guys are reading the reviews for the child <laughs> cereal on Sam's Club. What is wrong this with is, you? Hey, listen. There might have been cocktails involved in this, and we were somehow we got sucked into this. Everybody and I needs kept a telling hobby. Sarah, like, focus, you gotta focus. And Everybody she's just needs like, a oh hobby, my god, man. this guy said you know that what? this is a missed opportunity. To be fair, to be fair, when I read this, Brian was like, All right, that was funny, but you need to focus. Yeah. <laughs> this is and then he I said put I had me back on the project. And then I said that you have to get we have to do this on the podcast because it would be absolutely hilarious. And yeah. it is. It's very funny. So we might make this a regular part of the show where yes. we pick one particular product at Sam's Club <laughs> and then read the reviews because I guarantee you. Oh, my you, God. The like, ones for the crab legs that we bought. Oh, I we read those, it. too. Yeah, the crab legs were good. They weren't crabby like, enough. But I think what would be even more <laughs> no, they funny. they were too crabby. Yeah, these people were saying they were too crabby. I don't even know how you describe a crab leg as too crabby, but they did. Here's the other thing, though. We're mi we are missing an opportunity in just reading the reviews on like milk and like things like that. Like you know, people are writing reviews on milk and like just look it up. I, I guarantee you, no people have written. I touched on this. About I milk. touched on this on the last podcast where you have people who either have too much time or like actually think that people give a shit. And they write in and they're like, I just want you to know, Discovery Channel, I'm very upset that you canceled 
Orange County Choppers because I was deeply invested in the personal <laughs> drama and I am now canceling my subscription. This gallon of 2% milk has 638 reviews. No. Yes. Come on. Yeah. People, 638 people reviewed milk. People say the dumbest things. They're all about getting fresh dairy with their visit. Who says that? Hey, it's it's Sam. Container Club. is good for pouring. Five stars. <laughs> I they like that, that on, I, on August thirty first. I like that, and I oh would I would upvote that if that was a Reddit you comment. I would upvote it. They actually they they switch to like these square containers. It's they like are a square pillar, and the top isn't tapered anymore, and it's like so much better. It's for easier pouring. to pour. I totally agree with this. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> No, if you haven't tried bag milk, you're missing out because bag milk <laughs> is the way to go. Oh, we've tried bag milk because, because that's it, about the only like in the BVI. It's like we box wine. It's the only place but milk. You get it? Yeah, they bag their milk down there. I don't and, know what it is. And not only that, it comes out the bottom, which is gravity assist. And I mean, that's just yeah. fucking genius. It's like bagged wine because. Even even the clumsiest two-year-old can manage to push a button and not spill that shit everywhere. Whereas a two-year-old trying to tip a gallon of milk is a precarious oh, it's disaster. Yes. It's it's a precarious adventure. Hands down. Best I, way to dispense liquid with yes, a tap. Box. Yes. I, I love box all box liquids. I don't care if it's box wine or those those water jugs that you get that like have the little tap at the bottom. You just slide it in the fridge so you can have your refrigerated, you know, in, I'm in with you. store osmosis, reverse osmosis waters. Yeah. Is there any other good r- milk reviews? This one says tastes like milk, period. <laughs> What we, many stars? Next, what we d- stars. we okay. what we're lacking with that review is there's no context. Do they enjoy the taste of milk or not? The title is milky. <laughs> and this the next person gave it one star, Mama Cab, actually. The Mama other Cab. one who who said it tastes like milk was Lydia Adams. And uh Mama Cab says gross. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was she that a comment? She won't buy it again, no matter what the price. Was that a comment on the review, or was that her own review? That's her own review, and it's gross. I have a <sighs> feeling that Mama Cab probably drinks her own milk. Just putting oh. it out there. Oh, no, hello. No. no. There's not a zero, or that's what I would have rated this milk. <laughs> I loved the shape of the milk jug, however. Here we go. All the five stars are all about the jug. That's funny. Here, here's a quick fun fact. My college senior project in film school, I wrote and starred in my own film titled Milk Jug. Was your picture on it? Was your picture on the back of the milk jug? My picture was not on the milk jug. You really missed out on an opportunity there. You could have discovered that you were an abducted child. It's either that or I'm similar to the Baby Yoda cereal. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunities. Um, so on that, I'm going to do a little segue. I'm going to talk about what I've drank while we've been chatting here. Yes, please fill us in. Okay. So I call this one cause this was literally just a liquor cabinet bomb. I call this one the redneck martini. And as with all of my adult beverages, I serve it in my copper, uh, mug. 
So this was a shot of gin, a shot of vodka, because that's all I had left in that bottle of vodka. And then, because I didn't have any vermouth, I grabbed some cooking sherry out of the refrigerator, put a splash in there. And then, you know, those little, like the peppers you get with like the Papa John's pizzas? The pepperoncinis. Yes. So I put that in there, like instead of an olive, it's like a dirty redneck martini. And it sounds pretty good, actually. It's actually like pretty a salty, good. Salty vodka drink. I'm yeah. confused by this drink. It's like your mom. She likes a dirty martini with like the salty olive juice. It's like your mom. Um, it's yeah, like your mom, dirty. Mom's yeah. martini. It's it so is. dirty. It is. It, it just looks like something that came out of a Petri dish. She likes it really dirty. Cloudy. Remember one, that, one time in that restaurant, she demanded more olives? And they brought her the they whole jar. They brought her the jar. Yep. Because she was like, this is not dirty. This is not a dirty martini. And then (laughs) following up my redneck martini is this wonderful beer I found at the Shell store. I've featured some of their food before. You mean the gas station? No, it's, it's like a little, it used to be a general store in this little tiny town. And they have revamped it into like a burger and beer joint. And it's really okay. good. And so they've okay. got they've got a little bit of like a general store theme going on in there. So you can like buy alcohol and like candy bars. And this stuff is by Boulevard Brewing Company. It's called Jam Band Berry Ale with blueberry, red raspberry, and cherry. Ooh, man, that sounds good. 5.9% alcohol by volume. And Oof. I have to say... My wife does not like beers because all beers to her taste the same. But I have to say, this is a very enjoyable beer. I used to, when I could drink beer, I would. Dr- I love the berry beers. That was like my favorite thing. It's sweet, but not like cider sweet. What was that called, Trent? Yours? The Boulevard Brewing Company Jam Band Berry Ale. I got to try that. It's pretty good. It sounds delicious. And at 5.9% ABV, by the time you're on your third can, you don't care. Yeah, because that's a just, lot of alcohol. Yeah, Almost just, 6%. Just yeah, putting that out there. like, yeah. Who ca- who cares what it tastes like, but it does taste good. But who cares what it tastes like? Because you'd have to drink like, like a 12-pack of Coors to get as much alcohol as I'm getting with yeah. three beers. Yeah, yeah, I'm with Mel. I don't really like the taste of beer. I'm not super into This it. is, it's it's almost cider. It's not as dry as a cider, and it's not as sweet as a cider, but it's definitely got some cider vibes to it. All right. Right on, man. Right on. Well, listen, at this particular time, I think it is time to end the show because I feel like it's just, it's we're an hour and a half in. We've said what we needed to say. We've read all of the pertinent Sam's Club food <laughs> reviews that we can. We've talked about our milk. projects, milk, Baby Yoda cereal, all the things that are important to us as people. 
And uh, also, I would like to uh, let everybody know that I truly appreciate everything that you have done for us, all the comments, all the questions, all the DMs, everything that comes in on social media. We truly appreciate that because it actually does really, um, it does keep us going. You know, you start to feel like a little bit of an island when you're doing work like this. And and all the people that reach out to us on a daily basis, um, we are very much appreciative and um we yeah we do have a little bit of a, a a thing to talk about but i think we should talk about it on the next episode yeah I let's think save that we're, we're we're gonna save it for the next one because we don't really know what we're gonna do yet but uh we have a lot to talk about on the next episode so again thank you so much for listening to the work for it podcast my name is brian house and this has been work for it podcast episode number 18 if you can believe that 18 wow. we've done of these yeah so thank you guys for listening my name is Brian House, and this has been Work For It. Bye, folks. See ya. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.